0: All right, let's do it. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in and welcome back to another episode of the Ryan's Ramble podcast. My name is Ryan Bunnell. I'm your host throughout this series. If you're unfamiliar with exactly who I am, I'm one of the associate editors over at Frogs War on the Frogs War Network. Uh, This is your one-stop shop for all your sports betting needs here on the Frogs War Network. This is essentially uh, in just basic explanation. This is a gambling podcast. We're going to talk college football picks. College basketball just started. Not going to get there yet. I'm still figuring out exactly how I want to work out um, doing this weekly series with college football and getting college basketball picks in the mix as well because it gets kind of complicated um, being that, you know, football is on Saturday every week. It's pretty, you know, scheduled, whereas basketball, there's games every day. TCU may play on a Monday. TCU may play on a Sunday uh it's all over the place so i may end up just doing only days where tcu plays giving my picks kind of what i did last year where i gave like my top three other than the tcu game but regardless for now we're here for college football um before we really get into things just want to give as always a shout out to frogs of war for allowing me to have this platform i have had nothing but a blast doing this podcast so far and huge thank you to everybody that tunes in i love seeing comments and everything like that seeing what you guys are taking if anybody tailed my picks, you know, I've had a few of my classmates and stuff come up to me um tailing my picks. And it just makes my day every time because, like, you know, I know it's a little bit degenerate all about, you know, gambling. But, you know, it's what we're here for. We're here to have a good time. We're here to uh, help each other out and have some fun along the way. But anyway, we're going to get into our picks. Before we do that, got a disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. I have already said it multiple times. This is sports betting. It's gambling. but It is not legal in the state of Texas. Frogs War is not uh, encouraging sports gambling. We are not a proponent of sports sports gambling in any way. What you do in your free time, that's all on you. All right. So I know there's actually been some legal forms uh, coming into Texas recently, like points bet is is something I've not points bet. What was it? Prize picks or something like that. There's like new legal forms of gambling that are coming into Texas. But I, I don't know. That's a conversation for a different day. I could go on and on about how DraftKings and FanDuel should be legal in texas but for some reason they're not I, I don't know why it's the future one day give it like two three years it'll be legal everywhere it is what it is so for now it's entertainment purposes only <clears throat> and i gotta say i usually like to talk about tcu a little bit before we really get into things you know it's tcu podcast we got gonna talk about the frogs a little bit God bless Chandler Morris. Oh my god, that kid's a baller, bro. 531 total yards. It's it's a great day. It's always a great day to be a Horn Frog, but this week in particular is just a great time to be a Horn Frog. You know, soccer team's killing it. Uh they you know have their tournament appearance tonight actually. I'll be working the game, so if you guys follow along on the Twitter, I'll be live tweeting the soccer game, but you know, other than that, we had the Baylor win, which I mean, We've had – this was supposed to be the year. We can talk about the downs and everything all we want, but we beat Baylor. That, that you know, in of itself is like a separate season phenomenon, if that makes any sense. It's like part of me is okay with the season now just because we beat Baylor. It makes everything so much better. And now we actually have contention for a bowl game, but hell of a way to go out too because I'm, I'm a senior. So for me, that was my last Baylor TCU game and my last – game as a student with all the students there, even though we do have the Kansas home game remaining, I, I'm going to be there, but I know everybody else has been talking about they're going to be still a home for Thanksgiving and whatnot, so going to be a small student section for the final home game of the year, which kind of bums me out, but we got to go out with the bang with the Baylor win, so no complaints there, I, I can't complain at all, so again, going to start this out like I always do with a segment I like to call What We Learned Last Week. This is uh, basically where I just go through some of the big moments, some of my revelations from last week in college football and what we can use to apply to our future picks. And maybe this was maybe this has been the difference now that I think about it. Maybe this has really and I know a lot of it's just benign, like a lot of it. I'm just kind of talking out of my ass for some of it. Um, and some of it really is stuff that I'm going to use. Like, for example, Florida. One thing I learned today is never to bet on Florida again. So I'm going to use that and never bet on Florida again. Maybe this is what I was missing from last year. Because I didn't have this this little, you know, what we learned segment last year. But maybe this is the reason we've been winning. How much have we been winning exactly? Eight weeks in a row. We're going to get to that in a bit. I I can brag on myself all day, but I can't right now. So first up, Purdue is a wagon against top five teams. That is the first thing we learned this week. Um, Boilermakers? More like spoiler makers. They are 3-0 and against AP Top 5 teams under their current head coach. And they have 16 wins versus AP Top 5 schools as an unranked team. I just dropped a can opener. Sorry if you guys heard that. But that's insane. Uh, 16 wins as an unranked team. That's not even counting their wins as a ranked team as well over the Top 5. But that is the most of any school by far in the country. Purdue just loves to play spoiler for some reason. They've already done it twice now with Iowa and Michigan state. Um, who knows what's next? Uh, another thing we learned as well, uh, moving over to the big 12 is Oklahoma state. Their defense is legit. Uh, this is a new era. We've talked about it a little bit on the podcast from time to time. Cause I have, I've taken a few Oklahoma state unders that I really, really liked uh, such as last week, the under with West Virginia, that one cashed, uh, but it's a new era of Cowboys football. They're a very defensive branded, defensive minded team this year. They've been playing at a slower pace than we've seen in you know the stereotypical big 12 shootout years. Uh, their defense is currently ranked number three in total defense behind only Georgia and Wisconsin. That's absurd. They're one of only nine teams to give up less than 300 yards per game on average. If Chandler Morris can slice through this defense though, uh this weekend like he did against the bears give this man the heisman trophy i don't even care if he's only played two games give it to him or at least put him in the conversation like they prematurely did with caleb williams i that's another conversation for another day i don't even want to get into it but now this defense is legit it has me worried for this weekend but not too worried we'll, we'll talk about tcu in a bit as well um it, it's going to be tough to get through i've never seen oklahoma state play like defensive-minded football first it seems like in my whole life so taking a little bit to get used to they held baylor to 14 points and uh, most recently it was a 24 to 3 win yeah against west virginia so pretty dominant held the mountaineers to three points who isn't you know some explosive offense but they can score at least 20 to 30 a game regularly so pretty good performance from them Uh, not exactly what you want to see the week before playing us TCU, but it is what it is. I think the frogs will do just fine. We'll, we'll figure it out just like we did against Baylor. I'm realizing now I didn't get water before I started recording, but who needs water when you have beer? Honestly, same thing. Uh, anyway, next up we got UNC is just as reliable as a politician's promise. You never know what you're going to get with these guys. Um, they have just been up and down back and forth overall disappointing but they pulled out out of their ass a big win over Wake Forest handed them their first loss it was a 58 to 55 shootout which is absurd but then they followed up with a Thursday night Thursday night game yesterday because um, I'm recording this on Friday they followed up on the, with a Thursday night game lost 30 to 23 against Pitt who's again a good team but UNC's one of the they were projected 10 plus wins this year they were supposed to be in the ACC championship game against Clemson. Neither one of those worked out. The ACC has just been an enigma in of itself this year, but UNC especially. You know they have all these expectations. Open the year with a loss to Virginia Tech, uh, drop a game to Georgia Tech of all teams who's three and six, and then they also lost to who else was it? Florida State. They lost to Florida State, who's not that good. After being projected ten wins in the New Year's Six Bowl that's that's bad you know i don't want to trash talk mac brown love mac brown as a coach except for when he was at texas you know Um, but that's my the bias in me but sam howell uh, you know looking at their quarterback sam howell is still decent he's still pretty good but i mean at the beginning of the year he was a heisman favorite and now he's kind of fell off the map in terms of the media world i haven't really heard anybody talk about him other than that wake forest game just because for some reason the Demon Deacons struggled to tackle his big-ass body. That was pretty wild to see. He had a great game in that one, but overall a disappointing year. So they're just hard to pit. Uh, that's another team I'm probably going to stay away from for the rest of the year. I, I almost took against them with Pitt, but you just never know with them. You really never know. All right, next up, we talked about him last week, but I'm going to talk about him again. The College Football Playoff Committee – seems like they don't understand how football works. So they have Oregon in the most recent rankings. They have Oregon at number three, which makes sense. You know, Michigan State lost, move everybody up one. They have Oregon at number three and Ohio State at number four. So what is their reasoning exactly for having Oregon at number three? Well, you know, pretty simple. It's because they beat Ohio State head-to-head. Therefore, if they have the head-to-head advantage, they're going to be ranked ahead of them. But then you go down. A cut, literally two rankings, just, just two rankings. And then at number six, you have one lost Michigan. And at number seven, you have one lost Michigan State. Now, I know Michigan State lost to an unranked team. But how does that make any sense, right? Because their whole logic with Oregon ahead of Ohio State is they won head-to-head. But literally two weeks ago, Michigan State beat Michigan. And now the Wolverines are getting the benefit of the doubt? I make that make sense. It, it just doesn't. It seems like the committee's forgot how football works. They keep – they're contradicting their own arguments all the time. And another one, too, they still have Oklahoma at eight, and it looks like they're going to make them prove it. So that one's kind of shocking to me. But overall, just make it make sense, man. They These guys, it's almost laughable sometimes uh, how much their biases show, how much their favoritism towards the large alumni networks, the big TV monies, the ratings. I hate it. That's the one thing I hate about college football, but still love it. Got to love it. I'm hoping eventually it'll fix itself whenever maybe we get a 12-man, 12-team playoff, I mean. But even then, there's always going to be room to complain. It's never going to be perfect. It's just it's just one of those things. Better than the BCS, I think, all in all. Maybe we got have the BCS system with the playoff format. I don't know. Just throwing out ideas. Uh, anyway, moving on. Something else we learned. This one is just one of those kind of talking out of my ass ones. We're not really going to use this to apply for our picks. We're probably never going to be making picks on Maxion games just based on when the timing of the podcast is. But Maxion is a vibe unlike any other. Tuesday night football is just something different. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's beautiful because you get Monday night football in the NFL, Tuesday, Wednesday, Maction, Thursday night football in the NFL, and then a couple games like the UNC game. Friday, you get a couple big games like uh, tonight's like Boise State, Wyoming, which we're picking. That's going to be a decent game to watch. Uh, and then, you know, Saturday is the full slate. Sunday is NFL. Every day of the week is football with Maxion, thanks to Maxion. Maxion is the reason. Otherwise, there would literally be nothing on Tuesday, Wednesday. There's something just different about watching these games on Tuesday nights. Uh, the over unders, from a betting perspective, the over unders are absolutely insane. I love it. They're so hard to predict, though watching them action game is basically like watching uh a jv high school football scrimmage because it's just so a lot of wild shit happens and i'm not even sure that it's on purpose half the time they do it you know they have a bunch of trick plays fake punts it's exciting football but it's also kind of garbage tv at the same time which is i don't know it's a it's a poetic pairing in a sense i kind of like it so but in terms of betting, if if you're gonna have a play on a action game, you might as well take the over. They score ridiculous amounts of points. If you don't take the over, chances are you're probably gonna have a bad time watching the game. And plus, it's more fun to root for points anyway, like always. And last but not least, on what we learned, I mentioned this a little bit, but stay away from Florida. I am done touching the spread. They covered the spread against Bama, right? And everybody was like, "Oh, Florida might be good." Oh shit! They they almost covered against. They almost beat Bama. They covered a huge spread. Ever since then, everything's gone wrong. Um, they lost to Kentucky. That's excusable. They're a good team on the road. But and then they had high expectations to compete against Georgia. For some reason, I I don't understand that. But if you remember from a few podcasts back, I decided to pass on that game because all the experts were taking Florida spread for some reason. They were only fourteen point underdogs, even though like. Kentucky were 21-point underdogs. Arkansas were 18-point underdogs. For some reason, they were a smaller underdog. I I didn't really understand that. And now, this week, they just got blown out 40-17 to against South Carolina. Yikes. My main takeaway from that game was Dan Mullen is probably on the hot seat right now. He's been there for a while. He's had some success. Um, I will give him – I personally will give him the benefit of the doubt because they did just lose Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, some big – like some big playmakers, and it may take a year of growing pains to get back to where they were. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but Florida is one of those teams. They have such high expectations, competing in the best conference of football. So maybe Dan Mullen's on his way out. I don't know. That's another reason to avoid Florida at all costs. They're kind of a dart throw like UNC. You really never know what you're going to get. So I'm staying away from Florida. That is all we have for the things we learned or what we learned last week, excuse me, Uh, segment. So let's go and talk a little bit about last week's picks and how we did before we go into this week's card. So last week, we finished seven and five on the week after and with making 12 picks. It's not perfect. But a winning record is a winning record. And that makes eight, eight consecutive winning weekends of college football bets. I don't know how I'm doing it, to be honest. I think we've only had one official losing week since the season started. And we're just slowly but surely, slowly but surely climbing toward. Where we get to 70% or not 70, 60% win percentage. Right now, that 7-5 and five week brings my overall record on the year to 70 wins, 53 losses, and two pushes, which is good enough for a 56.9% win percentage. I'm going to go ahead and bump that up to a 57. So 57% win percentage, which is if I can get to 60, I'm I'm sending job applications to damn DraftKings, FanDuel, Bleacher Report. I'm going to become a professional better. It's going to happen. Might as well just drop out of college at this point. Not really. That that was bad bad joke. Not dropping out of college. We got one more year left. I'm so close. Unless uh, these tier one picks, I don't know, these tier one picks might carry me through, could pay for my tuition at this point. Could pay for grad school. Hey, that's something. Maybe that's what I need to think about. Now, I, all in all though, um, I'm terrified at any moment. You know, I sound confident, I am super confident, but I, I, I am terrified that at any moment I could go 0 and 10. You can have a complete losing week just as easy as you have, you know, a seven and five week like last week. It's probably easier actually to go oh and ten than it is seven to five. So eventually it could happen. I'm not gonna promise anything. Uh, I just Just be cautious. That's why I'm always on my toes. You got to always stay on your toes when sports betting. Um, I had a a few close losses last weekend on that seven and five card. I really, really could have gone eight and four, nine and three. It could have been a much different week. But for example, we had Kentucky Moneyline, our only tier one pick that lost. uh, And they ended up losing to Tennessee by three points in a shootout, 45 to 42. That was kind of wild. Another close one is I had Kansas State, their team total over 40 and a half points against Kansas. They ended up with 35 points with seven minutes left, and they got the ball twice, but they just had the backups in. They weren't trying. One touchdown away from hitting that bet. That one was really disappointing. And then the worst one of them all, and this one's kind of on me. I should have bought half a point and and gotten the push because I knew this was a possibility. Wake Forest plus two and a half ended up losing to UNC by 3 which that means our bet lost by 0.5 points. There's there's absolutely nothing more painful other than maybe like losing a parlay on a last second field goal. There's nothing more painful than uh losing a spread bet or an over under bet by half a freaking point. It's just it's brutal. It is brutal. It would have been a lot worse if the week had gone a different way, but we did have some winners so that's all good with me and our, our biggest loss of them all though this one I kind of gotta I gotta call myself out on this one I was pretty confident Rutgers would cover plus 13 and a half against Wisconsin they ended up losing 52 to three so that one's on me guys yeah my my bet on that <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna be taking Rutgers spreads anytime soon but they're over unders different story we'll talk about that in a sec now for this week's picks I normally like to talk about TCU before I really get into my full card, uh, like TCU spread, the over-under, everything like that. Um, but they are on my board. They're on my card today. So I'm going to go ahead and wait a little bit and then talk to them once I get to that pick. So I will admit, all in all, with this week, I don't love the board as much as I usually do. Uh, going through at first, I only had like eight or nine really confident picks before like my second sweep through, looking through like the systems and everything. Um, and I had a, a few as well, even whenever I was finalizing the card that I ended up leaving out such as like Ole Miss plus two and a half. That's one that the Ole Miss AM game, I've gone back and forth on almost an entire 24 hours now at this point. I don't know what to do. So I think the best idea is just to, to pass on it. But the thing is, the irony of that is if Ole Miss ends up covering, I'm gonna be pissed that I didn't do it, but it is what it is. Yeah, better safe than sorry sometimes. So I think we ended up with like 12 picks for this week. Um, so, uh, about an average amount for us. Let's go ahead and start with tier three. If you aren't familiar with tier, the tier system, tier three is my lowest confidence picks. Of course, I'm still confident in them. Otherwise I wouldn't be picking, but compared to tier two and tier one, uh, these are the plays that I would put the smallest amount of units on maybe half a unit, maybe a full unit depends on how you're feeling on some of these, but these are my least confident ones. So. First up is Purdue at Ohio State. I'm going to be taking the over of 63. Now, the spread in this one is actually Buckeyes minus 21, which is crazy to think about it, considering Ohio State's number four team 24, 21-point underdogs. Last week, they played the number three team, and they were only three-point underdogs. Again, make it make sense. That makes me think Ohio State's probably going to blow them out. It makes me – I'm too scared to take Purdue plus 21. Even though that seems like the obvious pick, I know the public is all over it. Like 78% of the public is taking Purdue to cover. But that's why I'm going to go with the over-under here. Um, Lots of offense, I think, is going to happen in this game, mostly from the Ohio State side of things. Buckeyes are averaging 46.2 points per game in their last five contests. Uh, And then Purdue also is coming off a pretty big offensive week. Like they just dropped 40 against Michigan State, who isn't the best defense in the world, but they're not too too bad. I mean, 40 points uh, against a top five team is 40 points against a top five team. So they had a pretty good offensive week last week. And in terms of defense, both of these defense rank below 110th out of 130 in the FBS in terms of red zone efficiency. So if either team gets an opportunity, gets the ball in, in field goal range and whatnot, Expect points to be on the board, which that's always a good sign for when taking the over. And to to go along with that too, the passing defense, the passing offense is going to be a beautiful combination. So the are these are the 166th ranked pass defenses respectively, going up against the 26th and 34th ranked passing offenses respectively. So. Not like a crazy difference, but the offenses should have the advantage on literally every possession. So give me the over in that one, Purdue, Ohio State. Over 63, by the way. Sorry, I didn't clarify. And then next up on tier three, I'm taking South Carolina minus 120 money line. Not the spread, just the money line at Mizzou. Uh, the Gamecocks are now bowl game bound. It's now or never for the Gamecocks if they want to make a bowl game. Uh, they're five and four, one win left. After this, they have Auburn and Clemson, which I'm sorry, I really don't see them winning either one of those games. This was a team that is, they've exceeded expectations. They were projected three and a half wins, was their over-under for a season win total. Um, Projected three to four wins, that's not very good. They already have five through nine. Big upset, you know, like we've talked about last week against Florida, that 40 to 17 game was crazy, but... The fact that 78% of the public are also taking this the Gamecocks in this game is the reason it's in Tier 3, but I think you really got to ride the wave. I mean, they just beat Florida by 23 points, and they were double-digit underdogs. Like You got to ride that wave. They want to make a bowl game. They're going to come play, uh, and Mizzou also has just given me nothing. Like they, they have nothing to show for, really. Mizzou hasn't been impressive at all, so I'm riding the wave. Give me the Gamecocks. Next up, we're taking Boston College plus two at Georgia Tech. So, this one is a little tough for me. I'm going against my brother's alma mater in Georgia Tech, but Boston College, I've kind of been favoring them a lot this year for some reason. I just really, I really like their matchups. I really like their spreads a lot of times, and we've profited off them. So, the Yellow Jackets, though, they're done for. I think Um, they're three and six, they got two huge games after this they got Notre Dame and Georgia their big rival yikes um, they're 3 and 6 if they want to make a bowl game they have to win out it, it's literally impossible at this point uh, Boston College on the other hand they only need one more win one more win and they're in uh, they started out 4 and 4 or 4 and 0 oh, I mean and then lost four straight to 4 and 4 but finally finally Boston College bounced back last week with a I think it was a 17-7 or 17-3 win over Virginia Tech so they're now five and four one win away from a bowl game Uh, I think I think they're going to do it on the road Uh, I think it might be time for Jeff Collins to go at Georgia Tech they've been pretty patient with him he has established a great culture there brought in a couple decent recruits but as you can see I mean three and six there's really not much to show for it maybe time to move on so and also, another reason this doesn't always mean everything, but last year Boston College dominated this matchup 48 to 27. So, another reason to like uh, the Eagles in this. Now, so I got to had beer sip time. Last up on my tier three card, I'm going with TCU 11 and a half at Oklahoma State. Now, I have three words. Or actually, no, six words. Two sets of three words. I didn't I didn't know which one to go with, so we're just going to go with both of them. So first one, Chandler effing Morris. Enough said. Second one, I'm going to this side now. Second one, too many points. 11 and a half points? Are you kidding me? I mean, I get it. Oklahoma State's a top 10 team. But, I mean, this seems like free money, fronty, if you will. Uh, this is way too many points. Do I think TCU is going to win this game? No, I think they have a shot, they'll they'll keep it close, they'll compete. And if Chandler Morris plays like he did last week, hell, they actually might. But I think it's it's going to be an Oklahoma State win, most likely. It's just, I do think TCU can keep things interesting at least within a touchdown. 11 and a half points that's a lot. I mean, even if TCU does lose by two possessions, it's probably going to be 10 points, 11 points, not more than that. So I'm huge on the Frogs, but the only reason I have them in Tier 3 is, again, as always, I try to refrain from betting on my home teams because there is the bias, even if I like to think there's not. There is. Um, Oklahoma State, though, their offense has been slow-paced. We talked about that at the beginning. Got to give TCU some chances to stay in it, especially if their offense puts up – or especially if their offense can finish. Because last week there was, what, five field goal attempts against Baylor? One was blocked, one missed there at the end of the game. So if we could just finish those drives, imagine we could have had like 50 points against Baylor last week. So the offense needs to finish. That's going to help us stay in the game. This line opened at plus 13 and a half for TCU. But since then, it has dropped all the way to 11 and a half, which also indicates that Sharps are siding with TCU. So the bets are pretty even in terms of the public. It's at 49% to 51 in favor of Oklahoma State. But uh, TCU does have a 5% money differential so some of the bigger bets are favoring the horn frogs so that's another reason sharp indicators to to take TCU so I'm I'm going with the horn frogs plus 11 and a half that's a lot of points all right next up we got tier 2 our first one on the tier 2 card is actually a Friday night game it's probably happening like an hour after this gets published um I had a lot a lot, a lot going on, heading to Austin this weekend. It's a, it's a busy time, so I had to record this podcast a little bit late. So hopefully it is up fully before this pick. But you do know I'm not cheating. You know, if Wyoming covers, I'm not cheating or anything, okay? I promise. I, I recorded this before the game. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Wyoming plus 14 is my pick tonight at Boise State. Wyoming isn't as crappy, isn't as cruddy as they normally are. Um, I, I really like to compare them to the Boston, like the Boston college of the mountain West, uh, the same record too. They started four and zero, then they went four and four and now they won last week. I think this line of 14 point favorites for the Broncos, I think it's a bit of an overcorrection on the market after Boise state had a really big 26 point upset win, uh, against Fresno state. They were five point underdogs in that one. So pretty impressive. I, I don't think they can repeat that performance. Um, And I I don't like betting on Wyoming of all teams. Like, I really don't. But 14 points is a lot of points. And Wyoming's been playing a few close games all year. So I really like it. Give me the, um, oh my God, why am I forgetting the mascot? Wyoming, they're the Cowboys, right? Yeah, Wyoming Cowboys. They have to be the Cowboys. Okay, yeah, I'm tripping. All right, next up on tier two, I'm taking Marshall minus four and a half versus UAB. I actually might end up, Buying half a point to minus four, if you're unfamiliar with what that means, it's essentially so the spread is minus four and a half in term in favor of Marshall. But if you were to buy half a point, it would change the spread to minus four. You'd have to have a little bit juicier of odds, such as minus 120 or minus 125 instead of minus 110, the typical house juice. But so stay tuned. Uh, Check the written version. I'm going to make my final decision if I want to buy half a point there. But either way, I think Marshall's going to win this game. Four points is a pretty sweet spot number for me. Um, they had a slow start, but they figured things out recently. Uh, they won their last four games by an average margin of seventeen point six points, and those are against the same teams that UAB has been playing against. Um, and really, there's there's not much to it on this one. I don't have much analytical, uh, you know, commentary to add to it. I think Marshall is just straight up the better team in this situation, and they're at home. It has conference champion implications. They're going to come to play. So give me the thundering herd. Next up, I got Baylor. I don't like betting on Baylor, but I'm doing it. Baylor plus five and a half at home versus Oklahoma. And I honestly think Baylor has a chance at winning this game outright and handing the Sooners their first loss of the season. And before I get into the game itself, I can't believe the committee only dropped Baylor from number 12 to number 13 after the TCU lost that's bullshit that's excuse my language but it's bullshit there's there's no reason you know why they did that because number 8 versus number 13 is a whole lot better for TV than number 8 versus number 21 where Baylor should have gone or something along those lines but it's annoying just another one of those annoying aspects but say la vie it is what it is we move on uh, this could this game could actually be the Big 12 championship oddly enough depending on how things go with Iowa State maybe TCU upsets Oklahoma State who knows, could shake things up, especially if Baylor wins this game. That'll make things really interesting. So Baylor's going to come to play for this, especially in front of a home crowd. Um, I think Bohannon had probably his worst game all season quarterback against TCU. He's probably going to bounce back against not the best defense in the conference, I will say. The difference maker is really going to be whether or not Caleb Williams balls out or not. Uh, I want to see first half Caleb Williams against Kansas. Kansas' first half Caleb Williams is what I want to see the entire Baylor game. And then we'll have a cover for sure. But regardless, I think this is going to be a close game, probably a three-, four-point game, even if the Sooners do win it. So I'm taking Baylor plus five and a half. Now, to round out my Tier 2 picks, I'm going not Rucker spread. I just kind of shit-talked myself for taking them last week. But... I'm going Rutgers at Indiana over 43 and a half points. Now, this is not a lot of points for an over under. Uh, Rutgers have been allowing 6.11 or 6.11 yards per play this year on defense, and I think this will give an opportunity for Indiana to potentially score points for the first time of the year. I mean, really, to, to put up some points, have a decent offense. Um, I'm following the money here on this one as well. This is kind of a money. A money pick, sharp indicator pick. So Ruck, the over has 60% of the public bets, yet 95% of the money on this game is siding with the over. So that's a big indicator that the big bettors, the heavy hitters are taking the over in this one. So I'm going to follow them. I'm going to follow them here. I like the over a lot. Rutgers offense too. So one thing when I was that I thought about while I was looking at this line, kind of thinking of what I wanted to do, was, you know, Rutgers just came off a game with Wisconsin where they put up an abysmal, like, 113 yards and scored three points. But Wisconsin has the number one defense in the country. They've surpassed Georgia, which is crazy, but Wisconsin is currently ranked number one for defense. And Rutgers' offense playing this week against Indiana after Wisconsin is going to be very similar to, like, a basketball player Shooting three pointers after lifting weights. Like, does that make sense? You know what I mean? Because like, you know how after you lift weights, you like don't even realize how strong you're gonna be type thing. You always overshoot it. I feel like that's how easy it will be for Rutgers to move the ball on offense now after going against like the godly Wisconsin defense. It's gonna be completely different. They're gonna be able to, I think they'll be able to put up at least 20 points. Um, Indiana put up 24, 24 to 20, and we hit the over. That's not too much to ask for, is it? Uh, I think if Indiana can get the ball and tied Freifogel's hand as well, everything will be a okay. That'll give us 30 points from Indiana alone if they can get Freifogel the ball, but nobody's been able to pass it to him this year. Pennix Jr., after his preseason expectations, so he you need need to to get him the damn ball. But that's it for my Tier 2 picks. Just to recap, I had Wyoming plus 14 at Boise State, Marshall minus 4.5 versus UAB, Baylor plus five and a half versus Oklahoma. And Rutgers at Indiana over 43 and a half points. Now for tier one. Drum roll, please. I got to play like some drum roll sounds. Actually, I have. I was in band, so I mean, I have a drum. I can just pull out my, you know. I need to start doing that maybe for the show. Add some production value to it. Uh, All right, anyway, Tier 1, my most confident picks of the weekend. First up, starting with Air Force, minus 2.5 at Colorado State. I am very surprised by this line. All in all, I think Air Force should be bigger favorites in this game. Uh, This is likely a slight, a small market correction after they had two losses in a row. But both of them were against relatively good teams. I mean, Army... That's always going to be a battle when you have two service teams playing against each other, Air Force, Army. And then San Diego State, who's one of the only group of five teams in the top 25 right now. So both good losses to have. And, you know, Colorado State, 3-6, and six, haven't done much. Um, you know, if you look at their – they're in the same conference, so if you look at their head-to-head comparisons, um, Arizona, or not Arizona, I don't know why I said Arizona. Air Force beat Boise State the week before their two-loss streak. And Colorado State lost to that same team by nine. Uh, Also, Air Force beat Wyoming by 10 points. And Colorado State lost to that same team by 14. So I know football doesn't always work like that, but it's a bit of an indicator. Uh, I mean, you know, whenever you have multiple head-to-head games to compare on and not just one. um, But Air Force, I think, is the better team. They would probably be bigger favorites if they were the home team playing at their super high-altitude stadium. But, I mean, Colorado, I mean... I guess I don't know where Colorado State plays exactly, but now that I think about it, I'm sure it's probably high altitude. It's in Colorado, but I I don't know. Uh, Colorado State, though, they have a decent rush defense. They're ranked 52nd in the country. They're allowing 3.56 yards per carry and 139 rush yards per game. Um, Meanwhile, though, you know, they can be A-OK all they want. Meanwhile, though, Air Force has the number one rushing offense in the country 4.87 4.87 yards per rush as a team which is nuts uh 301.7 yards rushing yards per game which makes them the only school to surpass 300 yards per game rushing yards per game I mean in the country and on top of that they have 28 rushing touchdowns in 9 games so I'm sorry, I just just think Air Force is going to run all over them. The Rams, they they can try all they want, but this is Air Force's game to have. Three points is not too much to ask for, so Air Force minus two and a half is probably actually my favorite pick of the entire board, but it's just weird to say that a Mountain West game is my favorite bet. I don't know, it's hard to imagine that. This one almost was my favorite, but part of me is nervous. I still got it in tier one, though, but Michigan minus 125, Money line, not the spread. We're taking the money line at Penn State. The spread is only minus one, and I mean, that's fine, too, if you want to take it. But I'm just taking the money line in case of some freak incident where they they push and I don't make or lose anything. So I want to make the money here. I want want the money line. Um, Why the hell, though? Answer me this. Why the hell are Michigan only one-point favorites? This seems like free money to me. I would have expected them to be much, much, much bigger favorites. So... I'm really not even going to put much thought into this. Don't don't, don't overthink it. I'm, the Wolverines, sure, they're slightly overrated at number six, but they're still a top-10 team. Their only loss is Michigan State in a close game, which is a rivalry game nonetheless, too. We'll see how they really fare whenever they play Ohio State soon, but Michigan, they're the better team. Don't, don't overthink it. Penn State, sure, they've looked better. Have, have they looked better since Illinois? Yes, but am I ever going to forget that that happened? No, they lost to Illinois in nine overtimes. We can't, we can't just let that go. Un- excused. We have to remember these things. Michigan's the better team here. Give me the money line. Don't don't overthink it. Just don't even think about it at all, really. Just take Michigan. That one's pretty self-explanatory for me. That's free money. Now, our last pick on the card is going to be Nevada plus three at San Diego State. The Wolfpack are winning this game outright. You heard it here first. They're gonna win this game. I'm taking the three points as a safety cushion, but I'm really tempted to go Nevada money line at plus 130 odds. This is a 930 game at 9:30 p.m. So it's a great way to round out the card, finish out the day. There's nothing like watching, you know, some Mountain West football at 1 a.m. whenever you're getting ready for bed and everything, or just in bed already. It's one of the top five feelings. Uh just watching crunch time while you're like half awake, just like trying to keep your eyes open. Love it. Love it. Football at all times of day. The action network pro model has this spread projected at Nevada plus 0.8 instead of plus three. So that gives Nevada betters a 7% edge to the current line. And I know these kind of systems are always correct, but this is a pretty large difference. So I think there's a lot of value to be had here. And also, I just have a feeling that this, this San Diego State team is not going to finish ranked. And in order for that to happen, they've probably got to lose this game. This also has huge, huge implications as to the Mountain West Championship game. It really could come down to whoever wins this game gets the Mountain West Championship bid. So I think both teams are going to play. Nevada, despite being on the road, they're they're going to come to shine. Uh, in Carson Strong, we trust. I'll close it at that. In Carson Strong, we trust. I think they can beat uh, the Aztecs on the road this weekend. So to round out tier one, we have air force minus two and a half at Colorado state. We have Michigan minus minus one twenty-five money line at Penn state. And then we have Nevada plus three at San Diego state. Now that is going to do it for our card this weekend. If you guys are making the trip out to Stillwater for the TCU game, safe travels, power to you Um I'll be in Austin for a ultimate Frisbee tournament, of all things. Um, I'm on the club team here at TCU. So I'll be watching, though, at home. Thankfully, it's a nighttime game, so I'll be able to watch it at a bar wherever I go, some sort of pub or something. Um, I'm sure there will be UT fans in the area that will be like, why the hell is this kid rooting for TCU here? But I'm going to be rooting for the Frogs no matter where I am. Got to watch the game. So if you're going to the game, good for you. Um, safe travels, as always. Have a great time. Hopefully the Frogs can come away with a big, a big upset win uh and get that bowl game. I mean, I think if we win this game, we could get a bowl game. We just got Kansas to go, really. So all right, that's all we got. I will be again back, same time, same place on Friday for another episode of Ryan's Ramble. We've had eight winning weeks. I'm gonna close out again, bragging on myself, but eight winning weeks in a row. We're going for nine this week, and I really, really want to get to 10. That would be insane. So if we can keep it going this week, that would be amazing. But fingers crossed, you know, fingers crossed. So, all though, right, know, thank you, everybody, that listened. Leave some comments below uh, what you guys are picking this weekend, what you guys, your favorite game to watch, your favorite spread, whether or not you're tailing or fading my picks. That's totally up to you. Um, best of luck this weekend to everybody. And, yeah, I'll be here again next week.